0: Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Hello. Welcome to That Mill podcast. Postmortem Uh Post depression, depression after a defeat at the Rico Arena, I call it uh, anyway on Tuesday night. Uh, joining myself, Omar, I've got Stephen. Hello, mate. How are you?
2: Yeah, all good. Thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I mean, all things considered, you know, uh, it was a blip in the road on Tuesday night and we're going to go into lengths about that and obviously talk about Saturday's game club against Sheffield United, who also lost last night. Sets up for an interesting occasion, nonetheless, on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll go straight into Tuesday night's defeat at the Rico Arena, mate. I mean, it's actually Coventry Building Society Arena Stadium, I should say, as it's called nowadays. I, I hate I hate different stadium names nowadays, but just another topic for another day. Um, what did you make of Tuesday, mate? I mean, it was, it was on the telly. I think you know I was up there obviously, and damp squid. I mean, classic Millwall after big high on Saturday gets QPR. I suppose you can say
2: after the Lord Mayor's show. I think is yeah. uh, is the popular saying that goes around. I think they looked they looked frightened. I think, um, for the majority of the game. And, and that's not a Millwall that we're used to or what we should really um, have to, to expect. Guy Carez, top player, arguably the best player in the division. So, OK, you might have to give him a little bit of respect and you can't go all gung-ho. But I think they showed him too much and they were so worried about him. They let Casey Palmer run the show because they were preoccupied with Guy Carez And in the end, it didn't work because mm. he scored the winner. Um <clears throat> I'm sure we'll come on to it and go, go into a bit more detail. The tactics I don't think are quite right um, you know away from home uh, in a game that's kind of you, you're looking to at least get a point, build some momentum going into two big games, and mm-hmm. we just sat there pretty much typical not looking to lose the game. and when you do lose the game, you, you have to ask you have to sort of ask questions of, of, of why.
1: No, definitely. I mean, it was an unchanged eleven, obviously, from yeah. Saturday's win at QPR. Um, I kind of agreed with it, to be honest. In hindsight, maybe you could have made some changes. Maybe Burke could have been on for a bit of pace, I suppose, as the game played out. And you know, the change did come after straight after the goal. I think Burke and um, Foxham were warming up as or getting their shirts or shirt themselves ready as the, the goal went in. Um, but yeah, obviously not ideal, not the result obviously we wanted there. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, you lost there for a split second, mate. But uh-huh. I was just saying, obviously, the changes were coming and the goal obviously came. But first half in particular, we just gave them too much respect, didn't we? I think, you know, and set off them. They're good football inside Coventry, but obviously they're missing a couple of players. No Calamo Hair, for example. No Fancy Dabo, who I've always liked. Uh, but that said, actually, they're right-sided wing-back, I suppose, slash attacker. Norton Cuffey was brilliant, I thought. Um, but... Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, Corres, like you said, you know, we set off him, gave him respect. I was I, I fell into it. I think um, I listened to our show that you've done with uh, the commentary fan on the way up and I was like, Corres is a brilliant link-up kind of striker, does a lot on the ball and then, then doesn't score decent, doesn't take his chances. He missed a couple in the first half, then the second half, he finished with a plum, didn't he, mate? And it's <laughs> all she wrote, really. I mean, we huffed and passed towards the ends. So we were just talking before we'd done the show, but it was too little, too late, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and no, I, look, I don't. Sometimes I think it's okay to, when you play. Uh, who I know we've, we've got them at home. It's a bit different. But you play, you go to Burnley away, you go to Sheffield United away. You might look to be a little bit more cautious. You you're coming away from a point at those kind of places would be seen as a good result. Mm-hmm. But Coventry. Whilst I think they played very well, I just feel like there's a lot of teams in the league that are equal quality or of an equal standard, and you should be going to, to to win the game. And it only looked like we were trying to get something from the game after we'd conceded, which I know there's a lot of talk that that happens quite often under under Rowett. Um, <clears throat> I think they had they had they looked like they had a little bit of the bit between their teeth. I think they they really come out wanting it, and we sort of I don't know. It's difficult to... You don't want to describe a Mill team as kind of not wanting to be there, which I think might be a little bit harsh, but it just looked like they were just trying to scrap and survive until... And just come away of a point and and shake their hands and go type thing. Um <clears throat> I don't think it was all all negative, though. I think George Long has come under a bit of criticism the last couple of games prior to Coventry. Um, perhaps he could have done better against Sunderland, perhaps he could have done better with QPR's goal. But I thought a couple of saves in the first half were really, really good. Definitely. Um, and I think he's a good goalkeeper. And I think whilst we've lost, and that's disappointing, I think he is looking like he is getting better and better. And, and perhaps um, you know some of the criticism that's gone his way can kind of start to fade away a little bit.
1: Definitely. I think, yeah, he's he's obviously come on loops and bounds. He's got the confidence because he's playing every game and, you know, Rauch chose him. as number one quite mm-hmm. firmly at this point. And we all know that, obviously, since, what, October time, September time even. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, try and take the pods to spin out of it. I thought even Charlie Quezwell had a really good game again. I know, obviously, yeah, yeah. for the goal, he was a bit comfortable, you could say, and obviously gave that little bit of the yard to uh, Guy Correz. But then the finish was, you know, taking him with a plum. And, you know, you're not going to get any players doing that aside from him in the championships, I suppose, are you? And I think he was a difference maker, he was the the one making things happen for them obviously like you said we gave Case Palmer a bit of space and you know their white back, Norton Kaki like I said a bit of space but you know aside from that moment of brilliance commentary weren't that great and I guess that hits back to your point you know we gave them a bit too much respect didn't we I Mm -hmm. feel like
2: yeah and it's it's frustrating because I don't often see many teams give us the respect that we seem to give opposition Mm -hmm. you know a lot of managers, you always get the, um, the the classic one: is there a physical side? M- or, you know that that's the classic that you, you tend to get from anyone, whether at the bottom of the league or the top of the league. But we seem to we I don't know we we just seem to give t- teams sometimes a little bit too much respect. I thought we did it to Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Um, we give them a lot of respect at home. Uh, QPR maybe not so much. I thought we were quite on the front foot for the majority of the game. But but I think I think. They need the players need to believe and maybe Rowett needs to believe in their abilities a little bit more and, and try and be a bit more forward-thinking. I'll come on to, uh, which I think we probably need to discuss, the fact that Bradshaw and Fleming are... Um, Bradshaw more so the workhorse. He's willing to run. You know, we, we know he's going to run through brick walls. But I think I'd be pretty annoyed if I was the centre-forward who's never been a target man in his life that has to play for 70 minutes, having the ball knocked up to him, trying to work off of scraps, <clears throat> gets taken off after we go one nil down and we start trying to play football and get it into feet. I, I, I can't I can't work that out. And, and Fleming, there's been a lot of talk this week about um, his, uh, well, should we say drought? Is that, is that fair? I suppose. Um, I don't think we're getting the best out of him. I don't think we're using him right. And sometimes, yeah, okay, you might need to to try and find a spark and find a, a way, but if he's watching the ball go over his head for 70, 80 minutes, I don't really know what he's supposed to do
1: yeah no i agree and i think it's an easy escape though i suppose and like you say like i think i don't know why we didn't learn from our lessons i, I mean i remember playing country at home at the start of the season or uh-huh. whenever it was earlier in the season we went 2-0 down and then the red car kind of turned the game on its head a little bit i think we got one for half time but the first half i think we had a phobia against McFadden and godden their center halves and they just had a field day they're winning every single long ball and i, I think to myself are we going to change it up a little bit on the way up Because mm-hmm. i was remembering that game thinking you know the, what turned the game was the red card on that occasion and like aside from that commentary with value for their lead at the time and I was thinking can we learn from this mistake and kind of maybe do something a bit different and I think he was relying on the kind of the momentum to carry them, in, them into the game for Tuesday and it just never really started until the end really I think you know that's when we made the changes and you see Bert come on Shackleton off to something, something different obviously Roman they say, who we got to talk about I'm sure in a minute but I don't, uh, obviously I missed a lot of the reaction online because, you know, I went to the game, then I drove home and then went to bed and didn't read too much about what was said on the night. And I was hearing you guys talk about it in the chat and I was like, why is Fleming getting the stick? Because I don't think he had a bad game on Tuesday night, personally. The game passed by at times because the ball went up long, but you look at him and especially when you're at the games and he's, I'm sure it's nice on the telly as well, like I said to you before the show, Stephen, but like he's that quality on the ball. Like the, when he passes the ball, it's crisp, it's zipped and it's like, it's, on the in on the on the six pence half the time as well where it's straight to the player and you watch some of our players try to pass it around it annoys me seeing cooper pass ball around the back for example because cooper's not great with the ball at his feet you know he doesn't okay. hear that he doesn't pass for the, the the way you should do for the team looks after the ball at the back for example but that's not cooper's game so i'll never hold him to that but like you watch uh fleming play and the passes he makes and the vision he has, it, no one else on the team has that kind of capability. So, to give him the stick for it, I, I agree with you, it's like, it, it's a factless task for them, especially them sort of games where we're just playing it long and they're centre halves half having a field there. I suppose.
2: I think the other thing with Fleming as well is that, and I don't know what it is, again, it's who knows, but towards the, at the start of the season and up to the World Cup, every time we'd get the ball sort of 20, 30 yards out, he'd look up and, and hit it. Now you can't just have pop shots from 30 yards all the time. You do have to have a little bit of goal and a little bit of, you know, ability and technical ability to maybe beat a player. But he doesn't seem to be shooting anymore. And it's almost as if, you know, the free kick that he had, there's a lot of hype... About, you know, he, he's practicing and he does it before the game, and there's a lot of talk about it. It was a terrible, terrible free kick, mm-hmm. but that was his only opportunity, or that was the only opportunity he had to take a shot on goal. It, it I, I, I often think, and I'd, I, I'd hate to, for this to be the case, that that's kind of being knocked out of him a little bit, yeah. And as you say, his quality is having the ball to his feet turning and picking a pass or beating a man or having a shot using what has got him you know plaudits in in holland he has got plaudits in in the championship so far this year there will obviously be people looking at him going yeah he's he's a good player but it just seems that we're knocking it out of him a little bit and as you say there's there's not many people in our team um and it's interesting you say about jake cooper I thought the same thing. You watch Jake Cooper pass it from, it's usually him to Murray Wallace on the left-hand side. Mm. And it's so, it's a softly hit pass. Sometimes it barely makes it to him and it puts him into trouble. Mm -hmm. Cresswell, on the other hand, because he's come up through the Leeds Academy, you watch him, I mean, I know sometimes he tries the diagonal, it might go out of play, but he's, it's, there's a little bit more, as you said, there's a little bit more, um, you know, directness and a little bit more sharpness to the pass. Fleming can do that and he can do it in an attacking position, but we just don't feed him the ball, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree, and you're right to say Creswell. Actually, I was forgot to. I was thinking that on the night on Tuesday, and there was a moments where he gets the ball, and it's like, especially when teams sit deep against you, and you know, we're one 0 down, and the commentary the result out, and they got it in the end. But you need players to have that kind of because then passes are the ones if they're quick and direct, and players are running onto it, you're going to get through and break through like we did, like we saw with Shackleton as well towards the end with Fleming's pass. But you're right to say about Fleming. I think as the game went on, he just got deeper and deeper because he wanted to see more of the ball, and it doesn't affect the game in them sort of areas. And I think. Probably it was a it was down that true to how we were playing and how the game was going and the fact he won't get many touches of the ball, I suppose. And it was evident like as the half went on in the second half, he just got deeper, 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 deeper. Uh And you want Fleming to be in and around the box affecting things, I suppose, don't you? So yeah, I mean I, w- I did want to name-check one more player, not necessarily for good performance. It was Murray Wallace. I-, I think it was his worst performance. I've seen him play for a long time. I mean, he's had an up-and-down season, obviously, last year. You know, ever the consistent on the left side and just went from strength to strength. All the chops he'd done and all the easy runs he had, full of confidence, full of beans last season. I think that was the worst I've seen him play for a long time, to be honest, on, Saturday- on Tuesday night. It was it was the constant deliveries into the box with the keeper claiming it. Just too close to the keeper. I've got him, right? It. In-, in the first half, especially.
2: I think... I think if we're being honest, I think he's been found out this year. I mm. think um, I think Rao was unlucky with Styles. Styles would be playing at left back at the moment. That the performance I can't remember really who he in against. And he was very good at left. Yes, yeah, it was Cardiff. Yeah. And he, he looked good. He looked good at left back. And I think he was gonna that was gonna be his position for the for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously the injury and he's out for a long time now so that can't be helped but Murray Wallace I, I just feel like he's—he's he's, teams are working him out he is probably the weaker link in the defence he's he was Mr. Reliable last year, and I'm not. I don't think I'm not saying Murray Wallace is a bad player, but at left back, I feel like teams are, are looking at him and pinning him down, and and you know he's good for a booking. Yeah. He is so good for a booking, and then once he's on the booking, if they've got a tricky, quick winger or a wing back, he can't make a tackle. And you know, I, I, I like Murray Wallace, and I, I think there'd still be a place for him. I think he could even be. You could look at if if desperation come in or whatever, you could play him at centre half maybe, uh, and it might be a little bit more natural for him, but he's just, I I think he's just starting to be found out. And I think, It, it, we might have to look at Malone because
1: it's, it's just not But well, well, that begs the question because oh god on Tuesday night I'm getting flashbacks to the chant that came out from some of the crowd for Scott Malone it was young kids giving it and get, like singing to expanded ballet gold and I'm like <laughs> this is not a thing and I can't believe this Scott Malone is I think also someone that's kind of a little bit fallen off the cliff you know he's been in and out he's been injured this season he's not really had that run of games where you're like Scott Malone's on form here and on song and it is obviously you've mentioned Styles Day. It's an untimely injury for him, isn't it? And I think it is either like a stick or twist now a little bit. And Murray Wallace is the sort of player I think that will play himself out with the bad form, and I think he could come back from it. I think you're right; say he's been found out, but he's he's efficient at what he does. But there's there's times when you need something different in there, especially going forward in the wide areas. And I guess it is calling from Malone Saturday a little bit, isn't it? I suppose if you look to that, I guess
2: it's. I think Scott Malone. Look, I think we all know that defensively, there's frailties. I think there's frailties with with all three styles. Malone and and Murray um, Wallace. Murray Wallace is probably the better defender out mm-hmm. uh, of the three of them. But and whilst we're not obviously we've moved away from the wing back, which is would I think Malone would have been playing had we have still been playing that that formation. Yeah. But. If you're if you're struggling to score goals, which we are, let's be honest, we are struggling to score goals. Um, I know two at QPR we scored against Sunderland, but it's not. We're, we're finding ways to score goals rather than creating them. I think at wing, or at fullback, it, you, you you do need a little bit more. And I think Malone is capable. Malone's delivery is better than um, than Murray Wallace. I think Malone is more willing to take a shot on than mm-hmm. than murray wallace and i i think as well i don't, i don't think he should dishearten wallace i know it, you know it might sound like i'm saying that he needs to be dropped but m- maybe just a break just take him out the firing line let malone have a chance at, at yeah. playing a couple of games we'll need murray wallace at some point we know that we've got a lot of fixtures coming up give him a rest just give him a chance to take a step back and maybe maybe um you know find some
1: confidence um, you mentioned the wing back system and obviously five at the back. At half time, I kind of thought it might have been calling cool for Leonard to come on. I don't know what you yeah. thought. Like, something where, like, you, know, you can tell they're running right in the wide areas. They're getting forward, throwing bodies forward. I don't know if I was thinking, right, get Leonard on maybe for what more and then maybe throw Burke on instead of Bradshaw so something can go for it on the counter attack a little bit, it felt like a little bit. And I don't know, maybe that was, you know, hindsight a wonderful thing. But I do wonder, especially with Burnley coming Tuesday, you know, how their players in the forward areas, it wouldn't surprise me if we kind of maybe return to the back five if Hutchinson was to come back I don't know how far away he is for example but it does beg the question I suppose a little bit there is that something that could be looming potentially
2: I think so I, my, my, the way I thought on Tuesday at halftime was to take Honeyman off yeah and get Leonard on and then go with um more and Bradshaw as a two and Fleming in mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. that's I mean we're not we're not football money you know Gary no. is paid to pay to do it but that's how I thought mm. what, could be a way of, I think that would have helped with the Gaikare situation because you'd have had someone with some legs at the back rather than relying on two bigger, sort of bulky centre-halves to try and deal with someone that's got good movement. I I think, Rao, it almost feels like, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but it almost feels like he's been pressured away from the five at the back. He does do it in games, but I feel Mm. like he won't do it to start. Yeah, but Burnley, Burnley would be a prime example. Perhaps they've got Nathan Teller, who's again, yeah. a, a very, very good, player, very quick to someone to, to you know to to get some legs at the back and, and maybe try and shore up a little bit. I don't think you'd lose too much in an attacking sense because I think you still have the pace of what more you could go with Burke, so you'd mm-hmm. still be able to get out. But I think it would help shore us up a little bit against those tricky, quick quicker players that we seem to struggle with
1: definitely I mean a criticism I suppose we all not criticism in the sense of right I mean I love right now I suppose I mean he can't <laughs> knock the job he's done right but I think he's very reactive instead of proactive at times mm. and like you know he'll be very reactive to a situation and it's like sometimes you wait for it and some just might try and be proactive but then we've had a proactive person I suppose before like in Holloway for example and yeah God that was a terrible day <laughs> so it's like it's chalk and cheer you're damn if, you do, damn if you don't if you're a championship football manager um, I do want to end on talking about Coventry on a bright spark and that was Roman Essay I mean uh-huh. I thought what struck me was he wasn't necessarily looking for the ball but I think also with the time he's had with the squad training with them being involved around the squad I think the players have got trust in him as well which I think is a big thing because as soon as he came on they gave him the ball and it's uh-huh. like I think maybe you know training the week in week out with them seeing him on the training ground I think they could see there's a player there and I think the manager can too mate and I thought he was brilliant when he came on us on Tuesday night.
2: Do you know this is going to sound really stupid, but it's it's something that I noticed, and he's done it a few times now. He comes on and he's given the ball, and the first thing he's doing he's doing little ball rolls. Yeah, and and it looks like he's trying to do, he's he's trying to say to defender, come on in, like yeah, tackle me, and I'll take mm-hmm. it past you. And we don't have that really we don't have that tricky winger yeah okay Burke and, and what more they're more I think I, I would consider them more sort of hustle and bustle Correct. forwards um yeah. you know maybe you sort of power their way through whereas SA is more tricky mm-hmm. uh, uh, going back to I thought he was incredibly harsh for him to be dropped when he was against Sunderland I thought he really should have been in around the first team yeah okay Mason Bennett unfortunate injury and that's got him back in but i think we need to see more of him the, the confidence in a 17 year old to, mm. to, and as you say it's not like he's screaming for the ball the players are naturally going go on then yeah. go and go and play go and you and, don't
1: always have that with young players when they no. come in i don't think
2: no it's 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 one of those where i, I always maintain i'm not I'm obviously not comparing them but you had um dom sibley at uh not dom sibley louis Louis Sibley at yeah. um, Derby. Derby. He was 7, 16, 17 years old when he came into the championship and start, he scored hat-trick against us, actually, I think, mm-hmm. in, during lockdown. Wayne Rooney um, was 17 when he came on for Everton. You know, age doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, mm. doesn't matter how old you are. If you're good enough, I would like to see him get more game time. I don't think Raul is brave enough to do it, but I would certainly like to see a front three, perhaps, of, um, you know, what more on the left work through the middle and essay on the right hand side and really mm. try and go at teams because I think their movement and pace could be um could be something special to watch.
1: Definitely, and I think we will see that at some point, I think, maybe later in the games as such. But I, it just struck me. And I, I, I think I was talking about this on the way home actually, when mate. Like I did think, you know, a criticism of right is often like he, he goes, he's tried and tested players, but then you look at our side now, Matt Namara, Billy Mitchell. And then you've got Essay. I do think he gives players an opportunity. There was often that kind of thing of like, oh, you've got George Alexander there. You've got Tom Leahy now. Mm. Play him. Give him a go. I think Rowett knows he's a good player when he sees one, I feel like. And I've, I do think he, he has that trust in Essay. And hopefully, like you say, he's probably not far away from a start if he if he continues playing how he did on Tuesday, I feel like.
2: I think the other thing with Rowett as well, and again, this is... It-
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's interesting at the timing of it,
2: but Rowett knows he's not going to be backed finan- or hugely financially mm. in the transfer window. I know we could do a whole couple of hours on our transfer <laughs> policy, but, but he's not going to be backed how maybe we need him to be or the funds are not necessarily available Um mm-hmm to revamp the entire squad. And I think what that suggests is that Rowett has to look at the under-21s or 23s and go, okay, X, Y, Z looks quite good. He's a first-team prospect. We want to have a, a closer look at him. It happened with Zach Lovelace. I think the cover unfortunate that I think his head was turned a little bit with um, <laughs> with the move up to Scotland. But I think Rawls has does have a little bit of uh, more faith in the academy players than maybe other managers that we've had previously. But again if they're good enough to be i think if they're good enough to be on the bench should that means that they're good enough to be playing and i think in a team that struggles to create and score what what, what, what i don't think you've got anything to lose the fans yeah. the fans are not going to turn on a 17 year old and if they do then they might want to have a look at themselves but yeah but um he's, he's 17 years old he's exciting talent and and you never know it could, he could be everyone talks about fleming having the the, the being the one that perhaps is the the, the big money uh, big money transfer down the line mm-hmm. sa 17 in his english why could it not be him if he if he gets an opportunity
1: Hundred percent. Um, I do agree, and you never know. Saturday could be his opportunity. I <laughs> hope never, so. You, you, I, I mean, you never so. know. It's gonna be. A, it's probably gonna be a, a closer sellout. sell out. I mean, I've not seen the club tweet too much about it this week. Maybe I've missed it. But I know last week they were saying it's. You know, numbers were quite good and it was selling quite well. So hopefully Tuesday's not demoralised too many fans and. We turn up on Saturday and, you never know, they could be in there. But let's move on to Saturday as I talk about that. Um, Sheffield United come to town. Obviously, we had them in the FA Cup, mate, and we lost. We had them early in the season, got comprehensively beat in the first half in particular, and then rallied a bit like Coventry, I suppose, in a sense. It's quite a common theme to our away games. Leave it too little, too late. We're 2-0 down, the damage is done, or 1-0 down. Um, but, you know, they lost last night at the time of recording on Wednesday. Um, at home to Middlesbrough their first defeat since before the World Cup I guess they're going to be looking for a bounce back so I don't know how you feel about that one but it should be interesting Saturday (laughs)
2: I try not to think too much about the, the, the first game. I mean, I, I think, wasn't that our first or second away game of the season? Yes, it was. very it was. early and we were playing the five back and we didn't, I'll be honest with you, when we were playing that system away from him, we didn't really know what we were doing. It, it just no. didn't look like we knew what we were doing. So I kind of discard that a little bit. The FA Cup, yeah, that was more recent, but we made a lot of changes. Obviously, I think Fleming dropped to the bench being one. He would obviously yeah. start. Um well it, it providing he's fit and of course he will be starting on Saturday. Um Sheffield United, I think, are the, are a side that if anyone if, if out of the top two, if anyone's gonna get caught cool, it's them. I think Middlesbrough are flying, so I think they'll they will have one eye on looking at that and maybe getting mm-hmm. a little bit jittery. I mean Heckenbottom, for I do not I I don't I I don't fully know what happened at the game yesterday, but I believe he was sent off. Mm-hmm. Um uh, for kicking out at the fourth official or something happened and for a manager you know you're second in the league I, I get that the big games you don't want to lose the big games but could Precious be starting to maybe a little bit of you know with nerves settling in and, and stuff like that I think it'll be another really tight game I think Sheffield United will come back with a point to prove but so will we and we're at home in front of our home fans and it's on TV and I, I think I think our players have got a lot to prove and and if they've looked at social media which some of them do we we know that mm-hmm. they would have seen that the reaction on after Tuesday's game was that wasn't up, that wasn't good enough and if 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 anything they, they they want they want all the um marketing that goes out on twitter is you know fill the den you know getting your seats early but get the atmosphere we need you and this that and the other well they're getting it because mm-hmm. the numbers are good show show the fans um that you really want them there
1: Yeah, I agree. There's only once a season we've lost more than once in a row and that was earlier in the season. I think that was the stretch we had with Norwich away, Reading at home and uh, Burnley away which was tough in itself aside from the Reading game but we are normally a bounce back ability sort of side if I can coin that phrase Um, and I agree with you. I think, you know, the players will want the reaction to that and the squad, you know, after Saturday, the whole like, you know, showing Billy Mitchell, getting his shirt in the changing room and stuff like, you know that they're, they're a hungry bunch and they want to achieve. And I, and I think they'll want to bounce back. It's just, it does beg the question, like, you know, if we give them time and space, which hopefully we don't at the then, but you know, you give these sides time and space, the likes of Sanderberg in there, they're going to cause trouble and they're going to run rings around us, aren't they? So you've got to get after them in this sort of game, I feel like.
2: That's it. You, if they've learned any lesson from Tuesday is do not give good players time and space and mm-hmm. you can respect them and don't you can't just be blasé about it and, and let them do whatever they want or, or go try and fly into tackles. But be tight, be aggressive. Similar to what we did against Watford at home, I thought, that first half, we we said to their sort of star players and you know, Jal Pedros of the world, you know what, we're gonna we are gonna absolutely rattle you mm-hmm. and we're gonna be in your face. And we were three 0 up at halftime. Yeah, we might not go three 0 up on Saturday, <laughs> doing the same thing. But it, 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 Watford are—they are—they're in the top six. They are—they've got good players at this level. Mm-hmm. Sheffield United, the same thing. Why can't we? Why can't we start aggressive and start on the front foot and say to these big teams? We're not scared of you. We know we have to beat you to make the top six, and we're going to do our best to do it. And I'm sure the fans. If they, I don't know about you, I'll, I'll ask your opinion, but if, as a supporter, obviously going on Saturday, mm-hmm. if we turn up, went on the front foot and really gave it a go and were we'll be. I, I could accept that. I yeah. really could accept that. I can't accept if we let, for example, Ndiaye have all the space that at Guy yeah. on Tuesday night, especially at the Den.
1: Definitely. I and mean, you're right to ask me that as well, because as you were saying about being on the front foot, all I was thinking there was, Kenny Jackett used to say, the fans are got to be brought into the game. The fans don't bring the players into the game. The players bring the fans into the game, especially at the den. And I think that rings true. And like you're right. Like I, I will take it if if we gave it a, a good go, got beat 2-0, but you know, we huffed and puffed, gave char- had Charleston's, and you know, the players were hungry for it, you do accept that because that's all you want, the minimum, especially against the side, let's be honest, they've got the budget, they're you know, we're inferior to them in the financial sense. You know, Sandberg's a twenty thirty pounds footballer, for God's sake. And that's mm. more than our team put together. So, like, I think that's, that tells the story there a little bit. And, yeah, I think it is the key. Bring the fans into the game because we can be a difference maker, especially in these sort of games, can't we? Mm-hmm.
2: And and that's it. You're right. The, the, that jacket quote of the players bring the fans <laughs> into the game, not the other way around. I, I don't know what you think about this, but I, I feel like that the supporters... Against especially against Sunderland, there were there were moments—the mm-hmm. goal, the disallowed goal—just after the goal, there were moments where it was it was like it was a bit of a fortress, and and it mm. was it was very very good to be part of it. But it almost feels like the players are waiting for something, the fans are waiting for something. It just you just some, as I say the 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 Watford game. I'd love us to attack Sheffield United like that. And I think that would get the crowd off their seat. That would get the crowd involved. And once you've got them, once you've got the crowd, you don't lose them. No. Because they then spur you on and you keep pushing and you keep mm-hmm. trying to to to, to play and, and, and get on the front foot. I, I, no, I think Sheffield United are a side that I don't think they're one that's, that's likely to buckle under the pressure i think bramwell lane is a very similar in the atmosphere at bramwell lane is very very intense so they're used (laughs) to playing in in places like that but ignore them take them out of the equation do it for our own players and get our own players you know wanting to wanting to, to to bring the crowd into play
1: definitely and on the note of the crowd i mean I, I, I see a couple of neutral videos on YouTube after the Sunday game and, if, and they're like, the atmosphere is brilliant. But we're, 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 we've we seen better atmospheres, haven't we? It's like, you're right. At times it can be loud. I think there was that decibel tweet that went down and it was like the, large, the loudest decibel it's been this season. And I think that was like towards the first half and when we was like, you know, had that this loud goal. It's 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 not it wasn't the greatest atmosphere, I think, against Sunderland, like through the whole direction of the game. And I think that is it is that element of what we're saying there of, you know, the players have got a duty there in the sense that, you know, let's let let's get on that front foot, like like you said, to bring the point around.
2: I saw a tweet that someone, I can't remember who it was, that said the three thousand at QPR was better than the sellout at the den the week before. Mm. And it's in a way, if you really think about it, it's quite hard to argue that. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, I mean, QPRs, I know we we, we both were in the game. It was, it was brilliant. That, that that away end was absolutely rocking for mm-hmm. large spells of the game. And it's hard to argue that fact. The fans, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of the, the supporters, there's still that trust with Rowett or the, oh, if we go 1-0 up, oh, there's no point getting it too involved because he's just going to sit us back and, and, and try and hold on to it type thing. I think mm-hmm. that does come into it a little bit. But... I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the answer is because if we, if, yeah. if it works, and you go home with a one. If we, if we'd have beat Sunderland one nil and perhaps not conceded, it was a bit of a sloppy goal. We don't concede mm. that goal. I don't think it all, in that position. I don't think Sunderland score. You go mm. home with three points and you're absolutely buzzing. Yeah. The fact that they do score and then the crowd gets picked on, picked apart on. oh, they weren't this good? They weren't that good. You win the game. No one's talking about that. Mm. Nobody's talking about that at all.
1: I know, obviously, this is this is the big week now, isn't it? You know, this the two games coming up. Sheffield United at home on Saturday, Burnley at home on Pancake Day. Gutted to be missing out making pancakes, personally, <laughs> but hopefully I'll do it on the Wednesday to make up for it. But it, it, if if we lose both, I don't think it's the end of the world. And we, we get carried away a lot as fans here, because I think we do well against the size we should be beating at the den. You know, I think of Rotherham at home, we win 3-0. You know, you say about teams giving us respect, they gave us respect, but we played them off the part of that day and absolutely dominated them. We're not going to be expecting to beat Sheffield United or Burnley. And this is when it's that mill kind of element of the crowd and stuff like that. And if we lose both games, I don't think we will personally. I Hopefully we get a result. I think if we are going to get a result for me, it's Saturday personally. Or maybe it's Tuesday when Burnley turn up with young players. Who knows? There's an element where you can talk about it in different senses there. But I don't think it's the end of the world if we lost both games. Not that I want to think about losing both, but... We we get carried away, don't we? We lose and it's like the end of the world and Tuesday we're like, Oh for fuck's sake, you know, that's it or whatever. But it's not. It, it's still a long way to go this season, I think I want to highlight it, that. It's
2: bipolar, Mill, isn't it? Yeah. The highs and the lows. Yeah. Uh, the after yesterday, I thought um Blackburn getting an equaliser at West Brom I thought raised uh, it certainly raised my um sort of confidence in the in the kind of week ahead. Mm. With one point outside the playoffs. I, don't, I, I know there's a couple of fixtures this weekend where teams around us are playing each other again. So they can't pick up, both teams can't pick up maximum points. And I just think that we just need to be a little bit realistic. We do have games in hand. Yes, OK, Burnley is going to be tricky and we know that. But we, we, it is possible to maybe lose a game like we have. And it. Mm-hmm. it The season's not finished. It's not over by a long, long way. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of twists and turns. I I would hazard a guess that, and nobody knows this, but come come that last, I think it's been moved to Bank Holiday Monday the last game because of the coronation and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Come that last Monday, there's going to be about six teams, seven teams that can make the top six the Mm -hmm. way it's going because teams are going to pick up points. Teams are going to drop points. I, I don't get me wrong. I was very disappointed and a little bit defeatist after the commentary game, and and, and I, I think there's, <laughs> I think you'd be struggling to find many Mill supporters that were really positive after the game because yeah. that's just not going to happen. But going, mean, I don't think we're going to. I'm going to put it on. I don't think we're going to lose both of these next two games. I don't know what that means in terms of I'm not saying we're going to go win against Sheffield United or Burnley, but we're not going to lose both of these games, in my opinion. And if we do come out of it and we are maybe a couple of points outside of the playoffs, fine. So be it. We're going Mm -hmm. to have easier fixtures to come uh, that might be able to catch up those points. Who knows? But if we do lose both, if we do lose both to to your point, don't want to think about it. But if we do, as you say, I fully agree. I don't think it's the end of the world.
1: Because after, say we get to April, right? And say, for example, we lost. But like you look at our run of games from the 1st of April. It's West Brom away. Tough one. You know, really tough game, actually, to be honest, I think. And you've got Luton at home, Hull away, Preston at home, Birmingham at home, Wigan away, Blackpool away, and then Blackburn at home. Like, none of them put fear in me. And I think if we really want to have it, like... I think we could play our way back into contention is what I'm trying to say. And Mm. I don't think this season, it's normally, say, 73, 74 points to maybe get sixth place in the playoffs. I'm just skipping that off the top of my head, but it's normally the low 70s region. I think this season in particular is going to be one of the lowest to get into the playoffs, I feel like, because, you know, we're on 46 points. Watford's on 47. There's only For them, Watford in particular, there's only 36 points left available for the rest of the season. Like There's not a lot um, up for grabs here. Not 36, sorry. It's 42, sorry. But my point is, is like, yeah, we could lose two games, but I don't think it'll be the end of the world. And I just think it's it's always easy to get carried away. It's it's, it's very easy to fall into that trap a little bit. But yeah, I mean, back to Saturday, uh, what sort of changes are, we, are you anticipating? I mean, or what would you maybe change if you was Gary Rari on Saturday? What, what are you expecting?
2: I think the obvious one, we we spoke about it earlier. I think I would I would get Scott Malone in at, mm. at left back. I would take Murray Wallace out of the firing line a little bit. Um, mm. I think personally um i think it might we might if it was me and i think ralph may be tempted to to give bradshaw a rest as well um and try something a little bit different because i can't see how you can keep pushing your only striker well really recognised striker now in the with the same tactics week after Mm -hmm. week after week I, i just don't see how that can be beneficial um I would so play, Burke
1: I, I guess or
2: well, I, to be honest with you I, I I would play Burke but I'd actually thought what more through the middle Um, go what more through the middle and perhaps Burke out wide
1: mm-hmm.
2: honeyman's possibly done enough to stay in I think he, he's been okay over the last sort of he was very good against Sunderland yeah okay against qpr and obviously i don't think many many come out with much credit on against commentary but he's probably Mm -hmm. done enough to stay in Uh, murray wallace definitely changed, and i I would potentially be looking at at bradshaw i think maybe maybe um one of the middle two i think there's an argument that maybe that one of them could be rested but i wouldn't do that personally
1: Me neither. but there is an argument for Shackleton to get a go because I do like Jamie Shackleton a lot, and there's a real player in there. Um, but you, I think Savile Mitchell have got that midfield locked down, haven't they? And it's, it's hard That's to bit, yeah. hard to argue against a pair of them. Uh, but I agree with you. I ain't just I'm not Malone's biggest fan. I never really have been. I I, I love Malone. I like you know that lockdown season in particular. The guy we get school for Wednesday, Gascoigne, esque all this sort of good stuff. You know, like I'm just never been his big biggest fan. And I, I, I I don't know. I feel like a game against Sheffield United where they've got their wing backs bombing on. It's it's going to be a toughie for him. I think, but it's also going to be a tough game for Murray Wallace because he's out of sorts. So it's like, Mm. damn if you do, damn if you don't. Or maybe, you know, Malo could come in and score a well deal on the Saturday for I know, who knows? It's
2: it's important that, with, it's interesting you said that there, the wing back situation at Sheffield United. Mm -hmm. It's important that whoever plays on the right and the left in an attacking position Mm -hmm. needs to be, they need to be helping out. Yeah, back. Mm-hmm. They have to be. I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm sure Joe will listen back to this and absolutely <laughs> hate me for oh it and dear. you already know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Vogelsammer Summer gets gets recalled it purely on the mm-hmm. basis that I think defensively and with their attackers and their wing backs, I think that if, if he doesn't get picked, then Honeyman and possibly Watmore are going to have to do a lot of work off the ball. Um, nice. I wouldn't I'm... I wouldn't go with Augustin personally, yeah. but I can see I can see Rowan being cautious against against Sheffield
1: Bless him, Joe. He's very opinionated with his hatred for Vogelsang. <laughs> I think Vogelsang has gone off to boil. Was he yeah. on the boil in the first place? He, he, was, he was efficient. He was doing a job. But like he's gone off what that was, in my opinion, a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's competition for places. Play your way back into the side, I suppose. And if he gets the he's, opportunity Saturday to see what he does, I suppose.
2: He's another one, though. Much like Fleming, he was shooting from all over the place. He hit a couple of absolute rockets. When he'd first come into the team, Norwich
1: away, but, I remember one. Yeah.
2: yeah, where's that gone? Why, mm. why, why are we not, why are we not encouraging those players? If they can hit the ball as well as that, why are we yeah. not
1: giving them the opportunity
2: or letting them have the opportunity to do that?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. We didn't say though. I mean, game too soon for him, big occasion, or just like Burke's got to come in. I think personally.
2: Yeah, But, but. Oli Burke <laughs> as well. Oli Burke is his old club.
1: That is true. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
2: It is. I think there is definitely a case for him to come in, and that's why I would potentially look at starting him. Mm. And if I was going to drop one of the front three, or I used I would use the word rest rather than drop. I would say right Bradshaw just to just freshen it up a little bit, give it give, try something different. Mm-hmm. If I would love Gary Rowett to kind of. Come out and have the guts to to start remain essay. It would be it would be a, a real yeah. statement, a real confidence boost for him as well. Mm. I think though, I think you might see him get more game time. I don't. You'll he'll get. I think. Obviously, depending on how the game's going, of course. But I think you might see him get more than maybe the ten minutes that he got this time. And I think they there's definitely a player in there. And if and if Millwall and if Rao and and the coaching staff have got anything about them, they'll encourage it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, All right, we'll end on the typical question of, what do you think the score's going to be Saturday night? Oh, you go first, by all means, go ahead.
2: Yeah, (laughs) throw me under the bus and um, just just sort
1: of... Then end the show after that, and then it's like... Um, I'll never,
2: ever back... I'll never go against us at the Den i'll never ever go against us and I, to be honest with you we used to be on super six quite a lot and i'd never back against us yeah, at all even wherever it, was.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. yeah same
2: same result all the time <laughs> uh, i'd got uh, 2-1 Millwall.
1: I, I like it i like uh,
2: it um i say that through gritty teeth <laughs> and sort of thinking to myself this could go horrendously bad now but yeah I'd never back against us at home. uh, I think the the players will will look to to right the wrongs from Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, I want to go 2-1. But I I think you've got two teams that will be eager to avenge their midweek defeats. I think we'll have an advantage, though, with the extra day uh, preparation. Mm. I don't often believe in that. But I think Tuesday night will be rattled from Wednesday. And I do think that will play a part. But I think I could just see us both cancel each other out. I think there'll be goals. um, But I'm going to go for one all draw. I hate sitting on the defence. (sighs) But... you went you went two one, so that stopped me from doing it. So I'll go one all, and I'll so take next it time.
2: So 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 next time, or you can predict the Burnley result first next okay, time, and then you fine. then you not sit on the fence.
1: <laughs> I'll go one all, um, and you know you know who did the play against them um, in the cup as well. Jake Cooper he came off the bench, and who does Cooper like scoring against?
2: That's true. Everyone put your money on that.
1: There you go. So that's my tip for you. <laughs> um, Steven Topman, thank you for joining me as always, mate. No, appreciate very much.
2: Yeah, no, good show.
1: Thanks good show indeed. Good show. Uh, that's us for today. If you're new around here, be sure to subscribe, like the video, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at That Mill and just check us out across other socials. Mickey plugs TikTok all the time. He posts a lot of random shit on there, I'll be honest, but have a look. That Mill Pods, everywhere you can find it. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back after the game on Sunday. Um, I think you're doing a space, aren't you, as well, on Sunday night.
2: Yeah, yeah, the call in. obviously try and get involved. It's good to get as many people yeah. listening in as
0: possible. That'd be great.
1: Definitely. Nice one. So that's us for today, and uh, we'll be back after uh, after Chef United. Cheers, guys.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.